This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. This is the Ruskin and Sack Podcast, brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. I think um, the last however many, five, six games it's been. Five? five. It's, it's four it's on five. the road and five losing. So, yep. Right, okay. I think our uh, our great voice man sums it up best, right? Man. That's about as good as you can sum it up, isn't it? That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> wow. Jeff Goldblum would like a word. Wow. All right, it's finally over. 13th moral victory of the Sam Pittman era. He almost has as many victories, moral victories, as victories. That's a troubling That's sign, isn't it? Not, not, not great. He has 13 moral victories. That's a one-score loss, by the way, is what a moral victory is. Uh, and uh, 21 actual victories. So he's eight away. Okay. And on the uh, on the record that counts since 2020, so 2021 forward, he's 18 and 15. Yeah, yeah, that's about your, that. That's, that's, that's the pick to click right, right there. All right, here we are. I mean, listen. Oh, what a hard-fought golly gee shucks! Amazing. They lost. You know, the sooner this state learns that it's a bottom line business and and gets over this whole, um, you know, malaise of effort and and close and want to and all that nonsense, the better off we'll all be. They lost. They two lost th- again. Two things can be true at the same time. Did they play well? Yeah, they did. The defense was was really really good. Um, did they did they almost beat the number eleven team in the country? Yes, but at some point, the these close games have got to turn into victories. Otherwise, you're just spinning your wheels, and that's kind of where they are. I mean, what was number five and thirteen in one score games? Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to start winning these games, and they're not doing it right now. And it's for a number of reasons. They played maybe the best they've played all year against. Alabama, in all phases, they shut them down on defense, and they they couldn't get there uh, at the end. Alabama just, I mean, they made the play at the end of the game to get the first down, run out the clock, and, you know, Sam talked about it after the game that, you know, if they'd gotten the stop there, they would have had a chance to, to go down. I don't think they had any timeouts left, but, and it's just, it, they, at some point, these have to turn into victories or or we're just, we're just beating our head against the wall. No, no. Maybe it's just a place where almost is good enough now. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's what the situation is. Um, I don't know. Well, some, maybe some that's of what it, it is. Some of it is easily identifiable. One, they don't have a, a, a great wide receiver. They don't have a an A uh, at the wide receiver spot to help KJ out. That's a big problem. They had you know an alpha tight end and, and he got hurt, but I think Ty Ty Washington's coming around. And he's doing fine. Um, the running game is a mystery to me. AJ Green averages six yards a carry and gets like four carries a game. Somebody's going to have to explain to me yeah. in English why that keeps happening. This is a guy that yeah. is is running well, but for whatever reason he gains, you know, he'll get a he'll get a 15-yard game and then we won't see him for two and a half quarters. No. That I don't understand. No, I don't understand that either. I don't understand the uh, usage of the running backs uh, throughout the year. Um I don't get it. I think um, we're going to have to also uh come to grips with the fact that Rocket Sanders may not be back. Just the tone. Seems that way, doesn't it? The tone after the game, which is, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's rehabbing his knee, and then today, no timetable for his return. This sounds very, very familiar. Mm-hmm. We went through this in December and January with Nick Smith, where it's you got a guy that well, we, we don't went, know when he's coming back. We went through it with another running back here um, um, a year or two ago, right? Rakeem Boyd, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. But this is getting, we got Boyd vibes here. We I, I got think, Boyd I think vibes we're here. Have to come to grips with the fact that that he may not be back, and if he is, you know, what's the what's the percentage that he's healthy? He's dealing with an injury, and you know, he may just shut it down. We we don't know. Yeah. But I'm getting that vibe from everything I'm saying. Just and and it's more telling to watch Sam Pittman's face when he's asked about it because yeah. you can see his frustration with the whole situation, and that tells me a lot. About yeah. uh, and then you know he adds in the I don't knows and you can tell that he's frustrated with the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, the I don't knows are uh, troubling, um, as they usually are when uh, when a team loses. But they're coming home uh, this week. They got Mississippi State. I don't see any way around 
Like, I don't think you can sell to people, keep selling to people if they lose this game. Like, huh. this, they have to win this, <laughs> this game. This is the Alamo. They have to win this game. They know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. Because I don't, I don't know how you can keep spinning this stuff if they come back here and lose as a well, touch, at least a touchdown favorite at home. You know what it's going to be. It's it, they're going to go after the emotional part of it. If, if that's how you know they'll sell it, but no, this is the Alamo. You will, you cannot under any circumstances lose this game. I don't think you, you can. You no, I don't this, either. You're not going to lose the fan base just for this year. You're going to have to buy them back in next year because right. they've been fed a line of crap for 24 months. And mm-hmm. if you don't, if you go out and you you stumble this weekend. You're going to lose them for the rest of the year. And and then you'll have to do a lot of work in the offseason to get them back. Yeah, like this might be it. It Seriously. It, that might be what, uh, what, what what we're looking at here if they don't win this game. They got to win this game. They got to win this game. There's just no, they're like, that's it. That's that's all there is. I mean, I hate to make, put it that well, cut, plain and simple, I mean, but it is that plain and simple. Yeah, like, it, it's, there's, there is, a, you're, you're going to see, if you come back here after a month, as a touch, at least a touchdown favorite. Some places you're a nine point favorite. Maybe that's changed. Maybe it opened at nine, but you know you're seven, eight point favorite, and and you lose. Uh, that would be that would be a disaster. I'm not sure anyone could recover from, much less a guy who seems to be feeling his way through this uh, one week at a time and not really have a total grasp on what he's doing. And is, that's that's what that's what that is. This is this is the this is it. I mean, this is your last stand. Right. Uh, I mean, now you win here. You've got what do they got left? Five. You got to go four and one the rest of the way to get to sit to get to five hundred. I'm rooting for him because I hate the unbridled optimism of a brand new coach. It just sickens me how everybody buys in with no proof whatsoever. I, I just I hate it. I hate unearned optimism. I, so I'm rooting for Sam Pittman. I'll had, tell you that. I had right somebody now. ask me over the weekend. Yeah, after it was after I did the post game on Saturday. If a new coach with say Deion Sanders approach came into this program, how many players do you think he keeps? It's a reasonable question. Oh, if he just starts if, blowing the whole if, thing if up or whatever? you're evaluating everybody and you're willing to, to cast off 85 scholarships and start over again, how many guys would you keep? And I, you know, and I'm looking on the defense. I'm like, there's a couple of guys over there on the offense. Luke has. Yeah. Luke has. Luke has. Well, here's the problem. Like, uh, once again, uh, well, here's the other thing I should say. Not not the problem, necessarily. Like, in these uh, last four games, um, and maybe, I don't know how, I don't know much about BYU. But in the last four games, for sure, uh, you've been beaten by teams with larger payrolls than you. Like, you're the Oakland A's, and everybody else is the Yankees, the Mets, the, you know, the White Sox, whoever it is. So, Arkansas has, the people who donate the money have got to figure out. Can we do this in all the sports? Because right now, I'm not seeing a commitment to football from the big money people for the NIL side that we see in the other sports. I don't see it. And everybody else is in the league. So you are, you're losing on that, on that battle. Ole Miss has a bigger payroll than you. Alabama certainly does. You know A&M does. And so it, is, this, is there anyone out there willing to step up to the pump? As some people have in basketball to help with the NIL as people have in baseball is anyone willing to do it in football that's going to be uh that's going to be the deal in keeping a guy like has or you know if you want to keep one of the quarterbacks or 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 whatever it is some of the defensive guys that's what's going to be the difference money's going to be the thing that decides all of this it's not going to be love of school or country or any of that crap patriotism whatever it's not going to be any of that it's going to be money that's going to determine whether this program is going to you know, keep up or fall further behind. That's that's what it is. That's where we are. Well, I, that's where we are. I, you also got to have the guys that know how to put together a roster and and yes. coach the roster. Because you can't miss you, on three offensive linemen again. You, you can can't do the, that. You can have the biggest payroll in the league like A&M does. That's true. And if you don't have the guys to coach it, it really doesn't matter. That's that's true. That's true. You don't want to get involved in a $75 million boondoggle like they have down there in Ooh, College Station. Boy, they are. Yes, That's okay. They're gonna they're gonna find a hundred million to pay Urban Meyer, so it's all gonna work yeah, out in the that, end. And that'll it? be fun seeing him every year, won't it? They're gonna pay one hundred and seventy five million for two coaches. That's what they're gonna do. 
Do you need a reliable roofing company that you can call at a moment's notice? United Roofing and Waterproofing is the answer to your issue. Joey Vivano and his team service commercial, residential, and industrial roofs. Consultations are always free, and you can schedule them online at unitedrw.com. Call Joey at 479-312-7369. That's 312-7369. You can also check out United Roofing and Waterproofing on Facebook and Instagram. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right on your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign in today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So Drake is to blame for the. Uh... Brock Bowers injury? Uh, a couple of things from the Sporting Weekend. Yes, Drake okay. took a photograph, uh, which he published on one of his accounts, uh, in a Georgia warm-up. Next Uh-oh. game, Brock Bowers out with a, an ankle injury, and he had surgery on it. He was expected to make a full recovery. So we, um, so if you're a Georgia fan, blame Drake. Can he just listen to uh, Dolphins making Whoopi and uh, put some crystals on it, and then he'll be back in like a month? I don't Isn't that know. how that works? I, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Well, that's what Aaron Rodgers does. So okay. I mean, well, why can't we works, all try that? It works well. I mean, we can try it. I just don't know if it's going to work. Okay. Um, also, uh, Iowa women's basketball played a played a game in this in the football stadium. Drew fifty five thousand people. I know. I know. Yes, Dude, that's got to be a record. Not just that men's and women's. That's got to be a record. Is. Well, I think it is for women's for is sure. It? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I, that I would think fifty five thousand. That's a lot. Yeah. And they did the whole wave at the children's. I, yeah. that was, I love that. I, the Caitlin Clark uh, experience yeah. is real. She for foregoed, forewent. Forewent. Foregone. She, she skipped over yeah, the pros skipped, yeah. to come back to Iowa. And, um, you know, that's working out really well. She that's went, amazing. Uh, she went 34, 11, and 10. Here's a question I was yep. thinking about. If Musselman played a red-white game in the football stadium, what do you think they could draw? 50? Yeah, absolutely. Sixty. If it was, if you did it on like a Saturday afternoon, a, a nice Saturday afternoon where the weather was good, heck yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I also would love to see them play a baseball game in the football stadium. I know, like the dimensions would be wonky, but the crowd would be nuts. It'd be, it'd be Somebody fun. We would get killed. That'd be fun, though. It'd be fun. A liner from to, if you put if you put home plate in the corner, yeah, it's like hundred and twenty feet down the left field line. Yeah, Somebody, but then it's like 600 to the other side. Yeah, but nobody's going to hit it. To, it's a dead center. They're going to try and yank everything. That's okay. I would enjoy that. I'd enjoy that a lot. 55,000. Yeah, that's in a, awesome. In a football uh, stadium. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. you know, the, the um, I, I am enjoying um, that women's sports also are, like, finally getting their due in this country. You know, like, you know, Caitlin Clark and, you know, 55,000 at a uh, – at a women's game, the women's final four set all kinds of TV ratings records uh, last year. Like, um, it's about time. It's about time. There's some there's some really talented people that oh, play yeah. those sports, and uh, for the most part, again, you've got a, a certain element of people in sports that turn their nose up at that stuff. But it's pretty entertaining. It's really good. Is there a reason they didn't put the court in the middle? Of the uh, field. Uh, okay. Logistically, it kind of seems like a I, nightmare to go I to these think, games, though. And I, and I could be wrong on this. I think it has something to do with the field itself. Okay. The field has a crown on it. And, okay. And that may... That, yeah, that's true. I, that may did be they do that with it. the volleyball game in Nebraska? Or did they play that in the middle? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I can't I think remember they, You now. know what? I think they put the, the, uh, the volleyball court on a platform. I think okay, it was up off the sense. ground. I think because I've seen a lot of photos from this basketball game, and I don't know, you can't really see. And then there are people well, s- standing or sitting at the opposite side of the field in the bleachers. Well, it's like when when um, when Syracuse basketball was good, you know, when they played Georgetown, yeah. they would play they play in, in the dome, and they would have you know whatever they set the record for, and they'd have people on the other side of the big curtain that could kind of see the game, but they were in a building. So, and that's kind of what they did without the big curtain. They just played it on half of the football field. And then well, that's the way, I mean, many people. when they, when they held the final four at the RCA dome, they would do the, do anytime it was in a dome, except the Superdome, but they put it right in the middle and you couldn't see anything. Um, yeah. But they did that at the NR, was it NRG last year down in Houston? What for the, 
or when was the last time they played in the, in the big dome? What? The Final Four. Every year they play it. Where'd they play it last year? I don't know, but they put it right smack in the yeah, middle. And that, then they, they build out the stands to where they go all the way to the to close to the floor. They that's a whole that's a whole thing with the final four. With the, ah, what they okay. build out for every I, one I'm of be, them and stuff. I'm being uh, told that uh, that the reason that they did it in the end zone was because of the crown on the field. So yeah. uh Lance of Bentonville says uh, does that put uh, pressure on Mike Neighbors? I've I've asked when we're gonna do this at uh, Razorback Stadium, so I'm on it. Yeah. I, they probably can't do it now because it's a grass field. When it was a turf field, they yeah, could have done it. Yeah, that's probably true, They probably too. can't put a basketball court out there in the middle of football season because it'll mess everything right. up. Do it at Bomb. Play basketball at Bomb? Well, yeah. there's fewer seats at Bomb than at Bob Walton, just, But What if you did a double dip of the red-whites? You know, they need an arena because aren't they going to, like, massively renovate a Bud Walton? Mm-hmm. Uh, play it in the football stadium. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll sew a bunch of uh, of uh, tarps together to cover it up the field in case it rains. You play there. How about that? That is right. Um, let's see here. What else is going on in the world? Uh, uh, football team coming home this week. They got to beat Mississippi State. I mean, there's just no other way around it. It's hard to move this forward if you lose to a team you're favored by on your home field when you haven't been here in a month. Like, that is that is not that is not spinnable, I don't think. To this point, like you can spin Saturday, you can spin it if that's what you want to be into. I don't, you know, buy into any of that stuff, but a lot of people do. You can spin Saturday, three points Alabama. You you can spin that. No, no shame in honestly. There's no shame in losing those three games. The one that still kind of sticks with everybody is that BYU, BYU. game. Yeah, that's the game that that's, that's the, the game, game that screwed everything yep. up. Yeah, because there were plenty of people that thought that they would lose all four of those games away from Razorback Stadium. When you talk about A and M and well, I'm Ole Miss and LSU, realistically and getting one of them and coming out of that stretch four and three, going into Mississippi State, the, going into the bye was kind of where you thought you'd be. The best you could have dreamed of was going two and two, the absolute sure. best. But you didn't win any of them, and then on top of that, the last time you were in your home stadium, you um you you pooped the bed against uh, against BYU. So that has to all be like factoring in, and they just cannot lose this game. On Saturday to Mississippi State, or it, I've said this a few times, but I think this time I actually mean it. We're gonna have to have some tough conversations if I, they lose this game. I, I don't think they will. Now, Will Rogers has got uh, he's got an injury above the neck. Um, it could right. be, it could be a shoulder. I'm not sure. That's uh, more pressure on Arkansas to win because they could bring a backup quarterback well, in here. It yeah. could also make things a whole lot easier. Uh, I don't know who. Could. I have no idea who their backup is, but. You know, we'll have to wait. We should get updated today or tomorrow on, on Will Rogers. They they were off last week, which is something to keep in mind. You know, they didn't play. They yep. you know had a chance to kind of sit back, watch Arkansas. They'll be rested. But, um, no, you're, you're 100% right. This is, I mean, it's homecoming on top of all of this. You can't, yeah. you know, for, as far as the, the, the season goes, you simply can't. I mean, you've got to win this game just to keep any hope alive. You drop the two and six going into the bye week. Man, I would not want to be in that building. Mm-mm. Yeah. That would be really, really ugly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's uh, that's what's going on here. I also uh, was interested in how everybody uh, missed the boat on uh, Nick Saban's comments about KJ. Look, he doesn't just compliment people to compliment people. That was a beginning of a recruiting pitch to try and Maybe. get KJ to go to Alabama. Maybe. In my opinion, that's what it was. It was my opinion, and that's what that's what I think that was. And um, Look, I could see a scenario where if for some reason that's not clear to anybody, if they kept Enos, I could see KJ leaving. Oh, I, I don't think that's a question. Right. I think I think one of them is go- not going to be here next year. So what you have here is really interesting. And I'm, he's not going to – I don't think KJ is going to be involved in the, the hiring process, obviously. But, I mean, he has some leverage here with Arkansas. He has some leverage because if he – if, you know, if Enos stays – he walk out the door and go somewhere else, maybe to Alabama. See, I don't, I don't think he does. With one year left and one foot kind of out the door, I don't know that you're making program-altering decisions based on what a one-year player wants. You know, if he was a sophomore, started, you got three years to go, maybe. I I think you meant the Enos thing is based on whether or not they were productive. And to this point, the answer would be no. So I think that's something that you can certainly uh, certainly take into account. But you're not made, I think KJ would have... I think he would have some input as to 
is the you know how how is your relationship? Is this going to be like it was this year? That kind right. of thing. But um, I don't know. Well, there's twofold into the Enos thing. Number one, I think he hates it here. Um, I mean, given the experience he's had, why wouldn't he? And number two, he's done a lousy job. So when you put those two things together, I think that he, um, I think that uh, he may be gone. Now, what's going to be interesting is if they make, um, if Juracek makes Sam make a move on Kennedy. That's going to be interesting because I don't know if he can do it. I don't either. Because, you know, that's his, uh, you know, his, um, the son he never had is what some people have described it as. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's what they say out there. And so um, if that becomes the sticking point, then I don't know if, um, I don't know. But I would, again, I would love to get Hunter Juracek in here with some truth serum and to be like, like, what are you, what are you thinking? Like, what are you leaning? What, 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 what's on your mind? After seeing all of this uh, this play out, and then with winnable games ahead on the schedule, there are winnable games ahead on the schedule, and people don't want to. Uh, for some reason, they don't like when people say that, but it is true. They are touchdown favorite this weekend against Mississippi State at home. That's a winnable game for them. And also, I was looking at this. I wrote down to FPI Zach mm-hmm. on August twenty eighth. Yep. The FPI, if you'd have just gone with that, you'd be six and one right now. Well, there you go. Because they got six of the games right. And of course, BYU is the the outlier, as yeah. Tim Brando would say, the fly in the ointment right now. So there you go. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think there's a lot of evaluation that Sam Pittman's going to need to make, and and it really needs to start during the bye week because you got a four game stretch here. You have a week off, you evaluate everything, and then you got a four game stretch to kind of save your season. You can get to six and six and get to a bowl game. I mean, that's a hell of a finish. So you what know, that would be? Um, I'm going to go four and one. Four and one. Yep. <sighs> Yeah, no, that's a tall ask. It's a really, know. really tough ask. Florida's going mean, to be I really I guess they difficult. could, but... Missouri's going to be tough. The FPI, which has been all over this, let's see, the FPI says they're going to go 4-1. and one. Well, There you go. So, I mean, there you go. I wrote down the numbers on August 28th because I wanted to, you know, keep up with all this stuff, and uh, turns out that thing people poo-poo, the FPI is... Uh, well, it's been uh, right more than it's been wrong this mm-hmm. season when yeah. talking about uh, Arkansas... Um, uh, football. Uh, this uh, bulletin to report uh, from um, internet site, the comeback. Um, Urban Meyer has no desire to coach again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we <laughs> Which go. Which, of course, means he's out Some, there interviewing for jobs. Somebody make me an offer. <laughs> That's a guy. I hate that guy. I hate that he guy. Is, he, is, he is very much in the mix to go somewhere. Isn't that what that really means? Ever since his um, his dalliance with Florida, uh, the the way that he got the Florida job, that guy should not be trusted with your program. It's yeah. going to end badly. You know, if I was an A and M fan, I'd be very encouraged by this news today. Oh yeah, that Urban Meyer says he's not going back into football because this means that the A and M people are working on the deal right now to move out Jimbo and bring in Urban Meyer. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. And what's going to be funny is you're going to have one university. That's going to have roughly $150 million wrapped up in just the head football coach between the one they're getting rid of and the one that they will be bringing in. But for them, it's, it's not a problem. They got oh, this. No. They, they, they got uh, the money. They got the money. They got the money. And what's going to be even more hilarious is when they hire Urban Meyer and they still go 7-5. and five. That's what's going to be ultimately there, the funniest there thing. There is nothing in his history that would suggest that, unfortunately. Except that it's A&M and... This is how it goes every time at AM. He's dealt with psycho boosters at every stop, man. Every stop. Yes, but it's AM. I they're gonna Aggie it, it up. It they always Florida. do. It was Ohio State. It was yeah. all of that. And he he understands will Aggie it up. He's psychotic. So yes, are they. That's true. It's a match made in heaven. It really is. It yeah. really is. No. Right. You think you'll hire Dan Mullen? I think Dan will have a job soon. I think so. He doesn't look right on TV. He could also go back to Mississippi State soon. Could. As the kids say, run it back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're fixing all the problems. Yeah. Here. Listen yeah, to us it. go. We got yeah. this all for, yeah, we got yeah, this yeah. all figured out here. Dad gum. There it is. Uh, Smack Daddy saw him at XNA over the weekend. All right. We'll see. There you go. I'm being told that uh, that women's basketball will not be played at Razorback Stadium. And not for the reasons you think. Okay. It's cold, is what the head coach 
telling me? Well, I mean, today, but I mean, you know. He's like, it's cold. The, the no. climate's all screwed up. It could be 85 degrees on I'm, the day of the game. I'm you don't know. Quote, I'm just quoting the coach. He said it's cold. No. Okay. All right. That's fair. All right. I wish they played baseball in there, though. I think that'd be a, a fun time. Get, you know, that place is nuts with 12,000 people. Can you imagine 40,000 people at a hog baseball game? Whew. That would be insane. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Info. Uh, Kim Ng quit the GM. Yeah, saw that. They went to the playoffs. They wanted her to have a boss. She's like, bleep you, I'm not doing it. Okay. How about Kim Ng as general manager of the Boston Red Sox? What do you think about that? You know what? At this point, nobody wants the job in Boston. So, yeah, the Marlins were a decent team. They made the playoffs. Well, they made the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. You know what? You know who didn't make the playoffs? Boston. The Red Sox. Yeah. All right. She's going to, she's going to, uh, the Marlins are going to lose 100 games next year. And um, their GM that they disrespected and walked is going to go end up. She's going to be a GM in like five seconds what, somewhere what they, else. What they wanted to do was put somebody in a position to be her boss. Right. Like like the the partner, the, the, was it the, uh, the partner to the general manager. Right. The yeah, general yeah, 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 yeah. To the, yeah. You know, the partner, whatever Paul right. Davis's title was. That's, right. uh, that's what they wanted to do. And she's like, no. Right. DQ, let me bring you in on this because yep. uh, you might have a thought. Um She's the only female general manager in Major League Baseball, and they probably wanted to put a man in as her boss. Your thoughts? That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> was it tied? I don't so. think it was. It was like a. It was a man. It was a man. That's right. <laughs> so wait, they wanted her to be the GM, or they wanted her to be a level lower. In, in, well, what would have happened was the general manager generally has total control of baseball operations. They wanted to put somebody over her to oversee her baseball operations right. and have the ultimate call on things. Right. Oh, okay. So she would still be. The general manager reports to the owner. They were saying, okay. hey, thanks for pulling us out of the toilet yeah. as an organization and making the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. But we think you need some supervision. Okay. <laughs> right. Something like something along those lines. They did make the playoffs two years ago. Meanwhile, the uh, Giants have interviewed one of their um, uh, female coaches to be like manager, yep. manager, yep. like field manager field of the team. No, she was uh, she, I, well, she was a bench coach. What? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I forgot which uh, yeah. what job she had, but I knew she was somewhere in the organization. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's uh, that's something that uh, people have been talking about today. And of course, you've got these uh, knuckle draggers that think, or oh, you can't do that, or whatever. But I mean, I think we've pretty much proven that um, in in that like women can manage and work with men in sports. Like I think we've proven that, right? Yeah. 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 So men know. have been screwing up sports for that's right yes. two hundred years. Right. Exactly. And other stuff. Right. Now let somebody else have a, have a whack at it. Like we've got female officials in the NFL, right. and there's never a problem there. We've got you know what Becky Hammond did with the Spurs, and now she's a, a head coach in the WNBA. Should be a coach in 
in the uh, in the NBA probably. I have no doubt that Dawn Staley could coach a men's team if she wanted oh, to, yeah. but she's got a great gig at South Carolina, so it's not like she needs to do that to validate her career, but she could if she wanted to. I mean, this this whole thing about, uh, you know, I can't believe there's still people that feel that way. That, like, women can't work in men's sports. Like, that's absurd. Like, it's been dis- it's been debunked time and time and time again. Back in the day, Pat Summit could have coached a, a men's team. God rest her soul. I mean, no problem with that either. Um, I have been intimidated in this business yeah, right. by two people. Pat Summit and Nolan Richardson. Yeah. Those are the only two where I've gone, okay, this is different. Yeah. And Pat Summit was as nice as can be. Right, but that you just knew. You just yeah. I mean, she snapped around and, and there I mean, people, she scared the hell out of you. There are people like that though. They're just like their intensity level yep. is different than anybody else. And that's why you know people like that are successful and then the rest of us, you know, are you know are well, going to seven eleven at seven o'clock at night buying groceries. I mean, nothing. I'm just saying was there last night. What's the problem? I went to get you know what I did? I, I cracked the code on this. All right. Um so a gallon is too much milk in our house. But a half a gallon. I agree. A half a gallon isn't enough. Completely agree. So you know what at I this did? Point. You know what I did? I got a half gallon and then that little baby uh, quarter, oh, whatever that thing is. You. The so little that's jump. probably a waste of money. So you though. got three quarters of a gallon. Yeah. Okay. It probably is a waste of gallon, but it's an experiment. We're going to see right. how it goes. I also bought eggs. I'm very excited about that, too. Went on a little grocery run last night wow, after the, just, uh, before the Sunday night game. You are just a man's man. I enjoy going to the store. Who doesn't? They, everybody leaves you alone. I, I hate the store. I, I love, love the store. It. She Put- hates going to the store. I love going. Like when she is home, um, the when she's not working, like she will have the groceries delivered. But when she's working and I'm available, I'm like, give me the list. I'll go. I'll, go. I'll do it. I'm happy. I, to, I, throw I love my doing AirPods it. Pods in, and I I am happy as a yes, girl. yes. That's right. Uh, DQ, you got to eat first, though. DQ, you got your, yeah, never go shopping. No, never go hungry. You got your check marks ready? I do. Now, before you do this, I would like to point out that the Dodd Trophy Coach of the Week is Marcus Freeman. What is the Dodd Trophy? That is the National Coach of the Week. Bobby Dodd. It doesn't count if it's a weekly trophy. There's nothing exclusive about it. Did Bobby Dodd coach Frank Broyles at Georgia Tech? I think so. Okay. Yes. Uh, DQ, the National Coach of the Week is Marcus Freeman. There's nothing yeah. exclusive yeah. about a national coach of the week. Yes, there is. There's only one each week. And yeah, they, each week. And then they accumulate. There's like 12 weeks of football. They, well, there's more what? than that, but they accumulate points. <laughs> and at the end of the year, the person with the most points is named the national coach of the year. That's true. The point that is, is DQ, that he had the best week as a head coach. That's Good the point. Him. I see what you're doing here. What am I doing? And, um, you're uh, and he's not going to uh, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry, he's not my green. The national coach of the week, DQ. I actually have two greens, and he's not one of them. Wow, look at this. No, you're fired. Unbelievable. Okay, so I didn't initially put this on here, but then y'all talked about how good this Washington game was against Oregon. Yeah, so Kalen, how do you DeBoer DeBoer uh, is gonna get my green. Check mark. Um, I actually read an article this morning about uh, like some case for their quarterback to win the Heisman. Yeah, Michael so, Penix. He's yeah. really good. So uh, I thought that was interesting. Randy, you think Kalen DeBoer want to come down here to Arkansas? I'll hang up and listen. Oh yeah, bring K- uh, Michael Penix with him. Michael Penix give up the, all that NFL package money. deal. Yeah. Michael yeah. Penix Absolutely. and Kalen DeBoer to come to Arkansas. I thought yeah. that was interesting because <laughs> I've never heard of this player before. And then I just Michael Penix. And then I just read an article this morning about his Heisman candidacy. Uh huh. Yeah, he's well, really uh, good. Desmond Howard knows who who he is. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kalen DeBoer got a green check. Yeah. Mark. And then my next green che- yeah. uh, check mark is gonna go to Mike Gundy Whoa. of Oklahoma State. Whoa. They beat a. You might talk bad about Kansas. They were ranked. They were ranked. <laughs> Oklahoma State was not, and they beat them. Not by a lot. Where was that game played? I don't know. Probably in Oklahoma State. So, was that so a Friday it accounts night, for some it? points. So, so, but you told me earlier that because Marcus Freeman played in South I just Bend. Don't, they, I just don't want to give Marcus Freeman a green. They'll have to do something really good. They just beat the number 10 team in the country. What? They're like 12. Who? What is Notre Dame? They were 21. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm still not giving it to him. 
I'm waiting. Do it in the playoff, Marcus. I'm waiting for his moment. Yo, pick up your stuff. On Marcus the way Freeman out. hasn't had his moment yet. No, he hasn't. he hasn't. I was waiting for Sam. I really wanted to give Sam Pittman a green one. Oh, you can't do that. But but they didn't beat Alabama. They didn't win. You can't. So I Whatever. I wasn't gonna give him a green check check mark. Okay, my yellow is going to go to Mark Stoops of Kentucky. I don't know how he gets a yellow. He sucked. They lost. No, they didn't. Kentucky? Got oh, wait. Yes, they did. They hammered. beat. No, sorry. Missouri beat them. Yes. But um, I I don't know. I kind of I kind of like Kentucky he, becoming a, a better football school. He lost the homecoming game yeah, to Missouri. That. But that. Marcus Freeman could have slid in there. I guess. Do they but not have homecoming in Notre I, Dame? No. Kentucky's like the one <laughs> basketball school that I'm rooting for to become a football like a football powerhouse. What about Arkansas? <laughs> no. You're not rooting for them? They're a basketball school. All right. Yeah. That's going to be my pull headline for the podcast. DQ not rooting for Arkansas. No, absolutely That's in not. today's podcast. They can be they can be a, a basketball school still. I, so, right. I want Kentucky to be, because their, their basketball team's kind of, you know, going downhill. Ah. So wow. their football lowest, team. Lowest preseason ranking of the Calipari era, isn't it? Their football team should start to go up. Okay. And my red check mark mm. is going to go to Jeff Brom of Louisville. Oh, my gosh. For uh, beating Notre Dame last week and then losing to a Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Oh, what did An so, unranked Pittsburgh. Did, they were ranked. What did Sterling tell you on Friday? The week after a team plays Notre Dame, they're like 13 and 39 uh, yeah. since the turn of the century. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Some ridiculous number. They always lose. And Jeff Brom got beat. And they were they were ranked like pretty high. So Utah's gonna beat USC's butt this week, then. I think that would have happened. They could play a game on the moon. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It'd be fun if they played on the moon. Waiting on a ball to come down and everything. Oh, Utah's gonna <laughs> maul them. <laughs> yeah. That'll be good. Well, DQ, we appreciate it. It's been a good run. Uh, you know, three and a half years. <laughs> um just, you know, pick your stuff up on the way. Can out. I leave now? No. Okay. No. If you'd like to work for Zach Arns, please send your resume to the radio station here in Springdale. I don't like your list, DQ. Well, because Marcus uh, well, Freeman's want, not in it. I want to give him a green check mark. Has Marcus Freeman ever gotten a check mark? Yeah, I gave him a a yellow. yellow. Well, then what's the problem? Well, <laughs> she gave. I gave Mike. him a yellow for doing what he was supposed to do, which is win. She gave. He's supposed to win. Mike Gundy. A check yeah. mark for beating Kansas. It's an upset. <laughs> it technically was an upset. Was Kansas even ranked? Yes, yes. 23. Yes. Okay. USC was 10. Yeah. 10. Psh. Notre Dame was ranked too. Doesn't count. Best Plus USC in- never wins there anymore. No, so it was kind of it was kind of a foregone they conclusion they, they were going to lose. That's all right. I, I enjoyed watching Caleb Williams run around like a toddler before he gets smoked by a bunch of adults. It seemed like he had a case of what Bubba Carpenter calls the poo-poo lip on the sideline also, also from the clips I saw. Big case of the yips, man. When guys got near him, he'll just throw the ball into traffic. See, that's not going to be good. I don't want my NFL quarterback. I'm paying $40 million to get the yips. You know what, what I mean? Derek, I, what, what do I think of USC quarterbacks? You hate them all. All of them. And have any, I mean, if you can give me a good USC quarterback not named Carson Palmer, I'll sit here and listen. I have nothing for you. Okay. Today. There has not been a good USC quarterback in the NFL not named Carson Palmer. They all suck. Jay Schrader. With the UCLA. <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> Troy Aikman. Uh, UCLA. That's right. I knew that one. I was just I was just funning around I mean, there. Leinert, Barkley. Yeah. They all yeah. suck. John David Booty. Yeah. Every last one. You also, uh, this is a text here, uh, Chaz, on the McClarty Daniel yeah. hotline here. Uh, do you enjoy it even more that Notre Dame took the Heisman away from Caleb I got to be honest. That was something that was in the back of the brain, especially at the end when they got the uh, the, the scoop and score and made it 48-20. Yeah. to 20. I'm like, you know what? We can uh, we can write this one off. You know, the, uh, the, the thing about it, too, is um, like when you watch that game or you watch Oregon and, and, uh, and Washington – or, you know, you watch uh, Tennessee and A&M. Like, that's college football. Yeah. I don't know what this is, but it's not that. Like, this is not, like, this is AAA, what we watch every week if you're a Razorback fan. It is not high-caliber college football that we're watching. And I don't know what can be done about that, if anything. I mean, just everything. And I'm, listen, I think the pros is better. That's just my opinion. A lot of you disagree. Fine. But 
the college football in the big games is a lot more well put together than what we watch with this team every Saturday. Just from stem to stern. A high-end college football game, which we did get on Saturday at the 2.30 window uh, with Washington and Oregon. A a really high-end college football game. The pros don't have that until the playoffs. They don't get those regular season games where everything where it's, it's everything's at a fever pitch and it's back and forth. It, the pros don't get that. John Madden used to talk about that. That you could zero one game on your team's calendar or your team's schedule every year and it's always there. Your rivalry game is always there. But, man... If you watched Washington and Oregon, I mean, you see how far Arkansas has to go. Well, because and those two teams were playing. Those are two of the best five teams in the country right there. But once again, as has happened so many times over the last 10 years, like the college football parade is going by and Arkansas is a bystander and not a participant. And it's just, it's just stinks because you are very much a participant in the men's basketball parade and in the baseball parade. And in softball, and in soccer, and in volleyball, volleyball now, and in women's basketball, mm-hmm. but and, and in, obviously in track. But this is the one nut they can't crack uh, since the SEC era uh, consistently uh, in the 30-some-odd years. And it, once again, we see a college football season where plenty of people are out there having fun, and then we're over here stuck in the bleachers, you know, huffing helium balloons or whatever. I mean, it's just a, maybe they're not helium. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. Uh, it's just, it's just, it stinks. It stinks to watch the parade go by and you're not in it. That's what it is. And that's what's happening again with this football season. The parade is going by and Arkansas is a bystander and not a participant in college football. You're listening to the Ruskin and Zach podcast brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. Here to help with all your residential and commercial roofing needs. Call Joey and his team at 479-312-7369 or check them out online at unitedrw.com. Join the local conversation on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, 866-285-4005. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. Welcome to McClarty Daniel Country. With six giant locations and over 3,000 vehicles, Northwest Arkansas is McClarty Daniel Country. Stop by one of our showrooms today to shop our full lineup of cars, trucks, and SUVs. McClarty Daniel is proud to be your premier automotive destination. Need service? We work on all makes and models six days a week. Plus, our full-service collision center can repair anything from a minor ding to a major collision. Have you visited McClarty Daniel Country? Visit us online at McClartyDaniel.com. The year of the sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Well, it's a Monday, and it's time to get the thoughts of one Clay Henry with us here on Ruskin and Zach, live from his uh, compound, Riverside Compound. It's yes, uh, yeah. How's the team doing tonight? Well, are we uh, all okay? Do you live in a compound or an estate? I, mean, I think that people have called it both. So okay. I mean, it's like do you have what, walls? What, we don't have any fences. No. Okay, then it's an estate. A, a we compound have a, would indicate we walls. have. We do have an electric fence, you know, that you, um, you know, it's underground that uh, I can turn on. But it only, the only person, or only people that, not people, it affects the dogs. Okay. Right. They have collars. Okay. But we've turned that off. They know their boundaries and they pretty much, you know, they're, they're not, they're not getting off our acreage. So they will go in the woods, but there's one direction that, that's allowed, and uh, they chase the deer. I'm talking about our our you know, our two labs. Oh, I, I was like, you're not out there chasing the deer around. I don't shoot them. I don't chase them. No, I'm not much of a deer hunter. Okay. Uh, solve one other thing before we get I've into I've killed the, one in my life. The, one. We got some other football. We'll get into football stuff here in a second. What's for dinner tonight? What sounds good to you? DQ and I are in mind lock. Um, we need I some think we're going to have sandwiches. Yeah, sandwiches? it's not going to be anything elaborate. We've... We've eaten really well the last few days. I, you know, I, uh, I did a fancy steak dinner one night oh. where we just and we watched a movie. You know, we didn't turn the TV on. I, and, and I say we didn't turn. We didn't watch any 
any any programming. We just uh, found us a Netflix movie and watched it. So, uh, Scott would like to know if you're running a correctional facility with the electric fences. <laughs> For the dogs, no. I mean, we're not doing anything. Okay. You know, it's it's underground. Okay. You can't see it. Yeah. It would. You guys would walk right through it. You wouldn't even know. It wouldn't even make. Yeah. Any... Some of us have bolts in our heads, so you never know. <laughs> a steel plate, you might oh, get a little shocked. Oh, that one might be fun to watch, Derek. You know, like just start shaking. You know, like it's a double loop. So you go through one, one, you know, you step over one, and that didn't, that didn't get you. The ten feet later, another one is going to get you. Yeah. Well, that sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah. I want to try that out sometime. Yeah, all right. Let's see if it does activate the metal plate. Put in a my collar head. on you. Yeah, put, yeah. We'll put a collar on you and watch, watch you, you know, just shimmy as you go <laughs> through. <laughs> oh, does, well. does Derek ever shimmy? I don't know. Maybe. No, no, no. He is incapable of shimmy. Okay. No, it's been a long time. You yeah. know, you get a couple beers in me though. I mean, the, I could do anything. You got the any of those river gators up there no river gators okay. here this is a cold water fishery tailwater so there's there's no snakes there there's no gators there's no reptiles it sounds in, like in heaven cold water no snake yeah. no i mean if you, as long as you don't have black widows or anything i may move up there oh there might be some scorpions and some black widows right, around just lost me. yeah there are some, <laughs> in, in uh, there are copperheads but we have uh we have one snake under our porch that that is been graced and given the you know the run of the place it's a seven foot black snake nope i don't snake. think so but it keeps the mice away right dadgum right yeah exactly we See? just call him blackie the dogs don't mess with him and he i he or she i mean blackie could be a, a girl or a boy snake and it's it's left alone yeah see when i lived out in the county um we got rid of the snakes and guess what we got mice so I know yeah, it, it, right. we don't a, see any. It's a delicate ecosystem out there. Yep. Leave them alone. That's Big right. black snake is good. Leave that's, them alone. That's right. Exactly. You know, there, you know, there's that thing there said. There's no good snakes. It's kind of like there's no good longhorns. I mean, I just, there's just not. And I'm not talking about animals. I'm talking about people. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. There are no good longhorn people. No, I haven't. I haven't run across one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I guess I the quest continues yeah. as we're watching currently an all Texas baseball game go on here in the uh, it is national or the American League Championship Series. You know, it is Texas and Houston. Yeah, two cities that hate each other. Dallas. They will and, fight uh, before yeah. this is over. There'll be a somebody well, throw it a noggin or something. They, they had a little uh, a little they, dust up yesterday yeah, at yeah, one point. Did. Yeah, so it, it, it won't. It'll keep going especially ad, if ad, a game is out of reach as long as it's close you know it's like in the late innings you can't you can't risk just just you know nailing somebody and putting him on base but if it gets to be some separation you're going to see something ugly happen and add to that alex bregman down at third base for the astros played for lsu i hate him Ooh. I, I, <laughs> yeah, mean, I just I can't, I, I, and alex bregman's probably a really nice guy i just don't like him so he he really played when he was at lsu I've seen some of those guys, and they hot dog. Man, he really played hard. I know Dave coached him with the U.S. national team and thought he was terrific as a person. So there's that. And I know you know you say there's no good snakes, there's no good LSU Tigers. He he might be an exception because I think he was very classy in the way he you know played in college. Um, he was a part of that scandal, you know the. The uh, stealing the signs deal. He was part right. of that. Yep, yep. That's Benefited true. from that. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. see, man. It just means more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, um, uh, we're talking here with Clay Henry. You can text us on the McCarty Daniel hotline at eight six six two eight five four zero zero five. In the in the um, in the um, pantheon of Razorback football. Desperate needing needing to get a win. Where does Saturday's game with Mississippi State rank for you, yeah. Clay? So I'm I'm probably a little different. I'm not the right guy to, to you know to ask this question because I don't I don't ever get in a position where I think it's do or die. Um, it it is so they're in a situation where the rest of the way every game is just as important as the last one. There, there there's there's no. There's no margin of error. There's no cushion. They, you know, they they're they're trying to check some boxes. Like this is, you know, this is a chance to play a team that you can beat. You're favored. They had been favored the last few weeks. They are favored in this game. So I think that does, you know, that does put more pressure on you when you're favored. But I don't know that this team 
can have any more pressure. So it's like every game is important. There's only 12 in the season. It's hard to – I mean, I thought BYU is important. I thought, you know, the, the last, you know, three or four, they, they're just as important. You, you accomplish some things with your effort, and they did clean things up on the road, which, you know – and if you want to say why you had a chance to win, first of all, you played hard. Only four penalties, no turnovers, no mistakes in special teams. Well, that's that's a recipe for an upset, and they were right there. They could have got a stop, you know, at the, in the last. But they didn't have any margin for error because, you know, that they were dominated in the first half. They won the second half, and I think they made people nervous in that stadium. Um, and they had people – all over America pulling for them. I mean, it was – I started getting texts from Knoxville, from Atlanta, from L.A., of people that I've known in the business. It's like, the piggies are about to do it. I mean, that's that's kind of the way people talk. It's like, well, they, they need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get it. So t- tell me a little bit about Travis Williams. I, he's getting a yeah. lot of pub. He's put together a defense that is clearly an improvement over what they've had. Now, you know, the way that he uses some of his pieces, the way that he's developed a guy like Landon Jackson, I mean, he has certainly made an imprint on that side of the football. And at some point, this has got to get frustrating for those guys because they're playing their butts off. Yeah, but see, uh, I think for defensive players, you know, they they don't get all caught up with the scoreboards. They just go out there and play. And, I, I you know, I don't think they're, they are looking at it like, well, we didn't we didn't get the victory. I think they're looking at we got stops. We, we we played good. And, they you know, all you can do is when you're out there on the field and, you know, the other parts of the team have to, you know, do their, their you know, 50% or 40% or whatever it is, you know, special teams and offense. But here's what happened. And, you know, from the time he got here, their defensive personnel changed in a dramatic way. And – they got more guys that can play in the secondary. They got more linebackers. They got more defensive linemen. So what this team has that no, no Razorback team in recent memory, it has defensive depth that they've got 25 to 28 guys, maybe 30 that can play. I, I remember talking to uh, Joe Lee Dunn one time, and I was like, you know, he's playing 12 or 13 guys. He's I said, how many do you have to have to play defense? And he goes, I think 14 or 15 if you got the right guys. And he says, I'm going to get him in condition to where, you know, I don't have to take him out. But if you get injuries, that's not enough. And we have seen that over and over. They have had injuries, but they got in camp. They got defensively, they got 25 guys ready to play. Like I said, maybe maybe more. Now, there, there may be some of those defensive linemen that we just barely seen a little bit of that before the year's over, they're going to need them. Because you get beat up, and linebackers get beat up, and they've had the, the luxury of having enough linebackers, even when they've had one or two injuries. And then they, they've got them back at different times, like Greer's back, Poopal's going to be back this week. You know, it's – it's um, so you don't – you're not stuck when you lose two or three guys to an injury like some of these teams in the last four or five years were. You, you lost a guy – it's safety. They didn't have enough. They lost a cornerback. They didn't have enough. But they, they have lost players for a game or two, and they've been able to plug in guys that they had ready to play. And this uh, this is part of the frustrating part because um, I, I think people assumed that the offense would be yeah. competent. Um, and, you know, what the defense has done has, uh, has more than exceeded people's expectations. If they just could have some – you know, competent of an offense, then, I mean, this team would be, you know, where would yeah. this team be right now? Yeah, I think it's, I think it is easier to mold a defense with new players because you can have a mistake on defense. It doesn't mean the end of the play. It doesn't mean a touchdown. You know, like a guy makes a, you know, makes a mistake in the front, you got a linebacker, you got a safety. You got to, you know, make a mistake at corner. If you're not playing three man coverage, you know, you got a safety to help. So you can survive to play another play and not play perfect on on defense. If you have two guys make a mistake on offense, usually that's that defeats the play. And it's uh, and they've been playing with young offensive linemen, and they've been away from home where the noise is a factor. 
and had too many penalties in all but two of those games. Um, but it's, uh, you know, you watched Alabama, and I did not realize until about, oh, middle of the first quarter that they'd had severe problem with sacks, mm-hmm. and their left tackle was a true freshman. Landon Jackson toyed with that guy. I mean, he, he must have known coming into the game after looking at film that this guy is acceptable to the out, you know the outside you know, speed rush. And he, he'd take, take it around him a few times, and then he'd fake that he's going around and dive under. They finally, in, in the second half, they had to put a tight end and a running back on that side to help that guy. You know, if you want to know what is frustrating for a quarterback is not to have a left tackle, and that's why they've had almost 30 sacks at Alabama this year. Um, Arkansas struggling at left tackle, but it's there's an indication that just because you got portal money doesn't mean you can go out and buy a left tackle. It's hard. That is a hard position to get a guy. What do you make of the running back room at the moment? Uh, obviously, we the Rockets up in the air, but A.J. Green's averaging six yards a carry, and it's like he'll get three or four carries, and then he just disappears. Yeah, I mean, there um, if – you want to put him out there and he, you know, maybe he drops one or doesn't get a guy, you know, blocked. I mean, there's a reason why one guy's playing over the other. But um, Dominion is a better inside runner than A.J. You know, if you want to run sweeps or put him at jet, you know, in a jet sweep position, that's that's his deal. If you want to run a wheel route, that's his. But – he hasn't always gotten six yards of play. There's a reason why it's not 15 yards, because he's had some long runs and then he's had some short runs. So an average per carry, you have to kind of look at the, the numbers. You know, and, um, this is just about it's about an offensive philosophy. that. Uh, don't that, you think – I mean, to me, Dominion looks like their most capable – runner if you're going to if you're going to be an every down player. Yeah, and, and numbers can get better skewed, pass they, blocking, better but, in and if but if there are some plays that you can run for AJ to get outside, but I don't think he's an off tackle runner. No, I, and that that's kind of the kind of what I was asking and, yeah. and I'd heard somebody say that before that that Dominion just could a could withstand the pounding and was well, a be, and was a more natural runner inside. <sighs> No, so here, here's what I see of AJ. He is a straight line guy. He is. You give him the ball, he's gonna get to point A to point B as fast as he's gonna get to the boundary and he's gonna cut it, and he can run that play. But if you want to miss in the hole, the best back better than Rocket this year. Rocket has not been nimble in the hole. Uh, is is Dominion? He can make somebody miss. Well. You better be able to make somebody miss behind this offensive line, because that's what's going to happen. There's going to be somebody in the hole, and you know he he to me he's a craftsman, more like Felix Jones, not as fast as Felix. You know that's but but AJ is not a craftsman as a runner. He's a straight line guy that can get to point A. I'll tell you a guy that he reminds me of is Ronnie Wingo. Ronnie wasn't going to make anybody miss in the hole, but if you want to run a wheel route or you want to run a jet sweep, he's your guy. We're talking with Clay Henry here. Um, I, I'm going to try this uh, and phrase this where uh, nobody gets in trouble here. But uh, here's what I want to know, Clay, because there's a lot of noise on the Internet, and that's one thing. But you talk to important people connected <laughs> to Razorback Athletic. Well, well, I mean, but you, you know people. Um, are people – I'm not going to say people are happy necessarily, but is it – like what's what's the mood uh, that you gather from 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 people that you're around? Because on the internet, of course, it's all toxic, and everybody wants everybody fired yeah, immediately. Yeah, I think that what this is this is what I see, and it's not necessarily what I hear, but it's what I see is that what you in you know, this isn't the first time a team's had a losing streak. Houston had some bad Octobers, you know, some losses in October. And what you, you have to kind of watch if you're in management, and, and Hunter Yurchek's is, ma- is management, right? Yes. Um, if he's watching, he wants to see, is the team playing hard? Are they trying? Are they working? You know, you go to practice, you can tell. Uh, if there's a, you know, if there are issues with player personnel, morale, 
you know, stuff is coming through his desk or whatever, you know, is, uh, you know, four guys from Springdale showing up at Frank Burrell's office. I mean, you know, you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that if your athletic director is like, what's going on here? And it, but if the team is – they're going to battle and they're playing hard and the, they still believe in, the, in their coaches. Um, and, I mean, offensive issues, I don't think it's because the guys are not playing hard. They're not getting their assignments. They look like they're lost sometimes, you know, as far as confused. You know, on the offensive line, that's what happens with young tackles. And there's so many things happen so fast on the edge. I mean, that's why Alabama's five-star left tackle looked bad. I mean, he's not ready to play. But they don't have anybody else, and that's Alabama. But it, I think what if you're Hunter Juracek, you know, all the outside noise, that's not what he's he's hearing. He's watching – this team from inside, and he's down on the sidelines. He knows what's going on. That's that's the only thing that really matters to him. And, you know, I've heard some people from far away say, you know, this is what's going on. I don't believe any of that. I really don't. Uh, because, like you say, I'm not hearing that from my sources, that Hunter is, is – assured that the team is still playing hard. But this is a game where you watch. um, They got supreme effort, and they went to Alabama, but they didn't get the win. And does that is that a setback that frustrates them? And then they play a a team that's not as good as the ones they've been playing the last four or five weeks, and you don't get that same effort. Do you slide back yeah. when you play a lesser opponent? And I have seen that through the years. I don't mean with this team, but when you when you really reach down and you gut it out for four quarters, there is sometimes the feeling, well, I can do that anytime I want to. No, you got to do it every play. You can't wait. It's that's the the tough part. And you know they they got an open date coming. They really need that open date. So that you know you can really, you know, galvanize and work on some things that might help you down the stretch. You know, like you can maybe you change things. Maybe you get some other guys ready in that open week. Um, but you know, maybe you get Rocket back at that point. I don't know if he's going to play again this year. But it, but you know, two weeks you you could have him for the stretch run. But more than anything else. The, the reason why this game is really important is because you need something to stoke the fires for success instead of the negativity. And, and I'm not saying you guys are negative, but what you guys are saying is this is really, really important. Well, that's the thought that, you know, that can create pressure within and it's it's i'm not saying you shouldn't say it you, you can say whatever you want to anytime you want to but it's it is a time where they need to build some confidence and the only way you do that is to win so that's why it's important so so that they sail down the stretch with one of those deals is like we got something going here i think and one of the- win is the way you do that one of the things that I think is probably maddening a little bit for, for Razorback fans is sort of the uneven performances. Effort is not the question. It's the, the uneven execution. Well, you have a it's, game like- it's when you don't play smart. For, right, right, you know, right. That you have, you know, you play 25 plays in the first half, and eight of them you're looking, well, that's a, that's a silly mistake. I mean, that's, you know, a guy jumped or a guy dropped a ball. And they did that in the first half, you know, on some third down plays. They're one inch short, or they're six inches short, but they're on the wrong side of the field to go for it. You can't do it. You got to punt it, and you got to trust your defense. But you can't drop balls, and they had, I think, two drop that would have converted first downs. Those are, you know, those are drive killers, especially if they're the first one. You get a first down, and then you start to get some confidence. The defense gets a little tired. They're out there for eight plays, um, and, and you wear them down. And then sometimes you're a little too tired. To Get that 250-pound beast of a quarterback on the ground, and you saw that. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, as the as the game went along, he he gets better to me as the game progresses because he does not wilt, he does not back away, and that's one of the reasons why they they have a chance the rest of the way. 
Um, but, you know, in, in, you can tell Dan Enos is feeling his way or, you know, looking for something. You know, he, you know, you don't have success. Well, then it's hard to call plays. You know, you want to call that one again? But it's, you have to, you know, you have to know, you know, what your team is capable of doing and don't put them in a position. They'd like to throw it deep. But the safeties have been playing 15 and 20 yards. And, you know, it takes a little time to, to you know, run those patterns. But they're, 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 they're not – no defense is going to play them tight with the way they run the ball. You run the ball, one of those safeties has got to come up. But that hadn't happened this year, in my opinion. Clay Henry with us. You drive home powered by Mr. Sparky here on Ruskin and Zach. Uh, we will uh, go through the poll questions. When we Thank come the back. Lord. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Enough of this analysis crap. That's right. We'll get to uh, the, the We poll- do analysis each week, don't we? Yeah, we absolutely. do. The suits say we have to talk sports for seven minutes. We covered it. We're good. That's right. And, uh, and now, now, we go, so, now we can do yeah, what we want to do. But let's be honest. None of those guys have suits. No, uh, no, no, not no. That's just a that's just a phrase. It's a that fancy you're name out there. for the people that, uh, that if, call me in, at six oh one. Ty didn't have a suit. He, no, he, well, Tommy, he lost it. Tommy may have one, but I, he's going. He's. I don't know how Tommy can have clothes because, you know, he loses thirty pounds and then he gains thirty pounds. <laughs> I mean, ain't he taking the shots and doing that stuff? Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Y'all, I don't know. See, if he wants to fire me, he can fire me. <laughs> it's nice to do radio when you have nothing my, to it lose. It will not affect my life one, that's, one, that's one bit. <laughs> All right, this is ESPN. I go play with my electric fence, yeah. <laughs> you ever uh, pee into that? Is that something you should do? I, I don't know. I've, I've no, heard I that th- that's a bad idea. No, I mean, idea. It's, it's, it's underground. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not a wire that you can see. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.